welcome to your Friday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. One of the things I love about this show is that we can kind of talk about a lot of different things. Today, we could not possibly have two more divergent topics in the interview segments. Ben Gessling from the Star Tribune joins us to talk Vikings, free agency, money. Bob Timmons from the Star Tribune also joins me to talk about the great outdoors and ways to connect with nature. Love both of those conversations equally, and I hope you will too. But first, what did I miss? Well, guys, uh, this is honestly one of those what did I miss um, because I went to I went to bed. I went to bed last night when it was, I think, 76-63. Phoenix was up on Minnesota, third quarter. I was like, I got to go to bed. I got to get up. I got to record the podcast. I got to do all these things. Um, I know how this game is going to end. I've watched this game a million times. Uh, I did not, uh, it turns out, know how it was going to end. Timberwolves win that game 123-119 over the Phoenix Suns. Uh, more than that, though, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns combined for 83 points in that game. Uh, 42 for Edwards, a new career high. 41 for Cat, just the second duo in Wolves history to both top 40 points in the same game. Wow. Um, A couple thoughts on this off the bat. One, really good out of the break, right? We were, you know, I wanted to see, you know, they, they, they came out, they steamrolled New Orleans, right? Great. I was, I was like, okay, well, let's see how they do against better competition, right? They had the two against Portland, one against the Lakers, and now two against Phoenix. Uh, They split with Portland in two very competitive games. They were fairly competitive against the Lakers until late, and now they beat Phoenix, one of the hottest teams in the NBA. So trending in the right direction. Other thing, uh, remember when I said I would consider trading Anthony Edwards in part of a John Collins trade, that trade deadline six days away? Uh, forget about that. Um, erase that from your memory. I'm going to go back and delete that whole podcast, blog post. I'm not going to do that. I'm not really going to do that because it's part of the record, but he has taken faster steps to a place I wasn't even sure he would get to in a year um, in the last like week. He, he's figuring things out. Things are slowing down, and he's not always going to make so many three-pointers, right? That, that, that part of his game is going to kind of come and go ebb and flow, but the way he's figuring things out, the way he's figuring out how to attack for a 19-year-old rookie, um, again, I didn't know he was going to get there ever. He's gotten to a place I wasn't sure he was going to get to really, really fast. So he quickly moves into a bucket that I consider untouchable. Some of you guys were already there. Good for you guys. You got there faster than I did. I am there now. Anthony Edwards is certainly part of this core. Do not move him in any part of any deal at the deadline. Uh, that would be a mistake. Malik Beasley, that I still consider to be absolutely in play as a salary match, as something Atlanta might want in the John Collins trade. But Anthony Edwards, Absolutely not. 42 points for a 19-year-old rookie. Are you kidding me? What a game for Anthony Edwards. And what a nice you know, start to the second half for the Timberwolves. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Ben Gessling joining me on Daily Delivery right now. We talk often on Access Vikings, but I love to have him on Daily Delivery as well. We are in the midst of Vikings free agency. A lot of uh, a lot of stuff happening in the last uh, couple days. Ben, give me a rundown of what the Vikings have done so far. 
And we'll get to the money in a little bit, but just, you know, give me a strategically, what do you think they're up to at this point, you know, and in terms of what they're trying to add to the roster? Well, the focus so far has been almost completely on the defense. I mean, that defense last year is, as we heard Mike Zimmer say at the end of the season was not good. And I think, you know, certainly that is a personal thing, I think for Mike Zimmer, because that's his pride is his defense and, he said at the beginning of last season, I've never had a bad defense and, and ended up wearing that comment for quite a while. And I, and to his credit, said at the end of the season, yeah, this is a bad defense and I misjudged the roster. So I think a lot of it was that they didn't want the same things that happened last year to happen again. I mean, you, you think about probably the, the poster picture of the season is Alvin Kamara running for six touchdowns against them on Christmas Day to basically take their, their faint playoff chances from uh, slim to none. So it was, we got to find a run stopper. Then uh, you had a, a linebacker knowing that Eric Wilson probably isn't coming back. And then they knew they needed a veteran corner. So that's where Patrick Peterson comes in. What Patrick Peterson is at this point, we'll have to see, but certainly adds stability, adds a veteran presence to that room. So a lot of it has been, let's fix this defense and get it back to something resembling what it's been. And then, you know, the offensive line maybe at some point gets addressed, but uh, so far it's been almost on, completely on the defensive side of the ball. Where's the money, Brzezinski? Okay, guys, when you hear that sound, you know it means that I have questions about where the Vikings are going to find the money to pay for all this, um, an homage to the Big Lebowski and, of course, Rob Brzezinski, combining two two of our favorite subjects. Um, so... They've restructured, they've structured some of these deals and done some restructures in maybe ways that they don't normally do. You did a really interesting kind of salary cap FAQ. I love, I love those things. And you did a really good job with it on, on the website earlier this week. You know, how are they paying for some of these things? Yeah, man. New ish has come to light. A lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have you. I just always try to find another one I can think of. I love it. I love it. Uh, they, they have come up with some new ish, uh, to, to continue the analogy, um, the, the, the voidable years of Dalvin Tomlinson's deal, that that's a trick we see a lot of teams use. We have not seen the Vikings use this in this manner in a while. I, I guess they've had a little bit of it when they've given guys like Everson Griffin and Anthony Barr, the ability to void their deals or opt out of their deals, but writing it into a deal when they first do it with a free agent. I haven't seen that in my time looking at the stuff and I've had it into year 10 on the beat. So they haven't had to do it in a while. What that does basically is allows them to take Dalvin Tomlinson's signing bonus, which is 12 and a half million dollars and spread it out over years that he will not be playing with the team. He is signed for two years. So signing bonuses get broken up by, how many years they have in the deal. So $12.5 million divided by two. Normally, Dalvin Tomlinson's bonus would be six and a quarter for two years of the deal. So what they did instead is say, we're going to put three voidable years in the deal. So instead of 6.25 on the bonus, it then becomes two and a half every year. So they basically are pushing cap money into the future and all of the, the leftover stuff will actually hit the cap in year three, not in years three, four, and five, but that's not really that important. What they're basically trying to do is borrow from the future to pay for the present. They're, they're not paying for stuff with cash at the moment, to use a, a personal finance analogy. It's, hey, let's take out an installment loan and we'll pay it off over time. So uh, not the way they've typically done things, but the way that they like to do things in a perfect world is 
changed when you have an expensive quarterback, which they do, um, and you have a defense where they've liked to have their own guys and keep those guys as they get into second contracts. They're, they're trying to pay for a lot of different things. So it's been things like that. It's been the signing bonus conversion for Adam Thielen, which we've seen them do a little bit of in the past, but they're starting to add a few more of these mechanisms that I, I, I think in a perfect world, they would not philosophically support. I think they looked at a lot of this stuff that other teams had to do and said, man, it's just because these teams are in cap trouble all the time. But some of this is just the life cycle you're in when you're trying to win when you have an expensive quarterback, you have a veteran roster, you're trying to keep it all together. Uh, that stuff costs money, especially in a year like this where the cap is down. You have to resort to some of these things. Is that 7.5 all going to land on 2023 or is that 2.5 each in 2023, 2024, and 2025? Do we know that? Yeah. So I actually had to look this up this week. I, I My understanding is it will all hit in 2023 because typically when you release a player, all of the leftover bonus money hits that year, unless you do what they did with Kyle Rudolph and say it's a June 1st cut, which then allows you to spread it over two years. But then the catch to that is that you don't get the cap space until June. So with Rudolph, they won't get the money until June. It's, it's tied up um, until June 2nd, essentially. And that'll help them in the long run, but they could certainly use it now too. So it, it's a lot of these choices you have to make over the course of planning your roster it's almost like they knew there's going to be 10 billion dollars in tv money every year in the future yeah you think so huh i, mean, I don't know kind of uh, it's a just in, it's coincidence about how all the timing of that came out yeah it is well and you've seen it the way some of these deals have been structured what everybody has kind of been doing is saying we will guarantee your money this year it won't be a lot but then the the bigger payments will come later. And I don't know if those TV deals, which were announced yesterday and are enormous. I mean, it's further proof that the only thing that people will still count as appointment viewing in the entire United States is NFL football. Uh, and they, and people paid accordingly for it. And I, I don't think they'll regret what they bought given the returns that you get. And it's just the way the game gets played, but it does mean that the cap is going to go up a lot. I don't know that all of that will hit this next year. Uh, that's been projected by some. I, I've also seen guys like Andrew Brandt, who a uh, longtime cap manager in the league and is, is very, very smart on this stuff, say that he doesn't expect that to happen because they had to borrow from the future to keep the cap from crashing this year. If they had written off all of the losses that would have come as a result of no fans in the stands, the cap probably would have been something like $160 million a team. And you would have seen even more cuts. It, it just wouldn't have been a good idea for anybody because everybody would have had to, to blow up so much of their roster that you would have had teams that turmoil. The product would have suffered. So they said, "These this comes at a time that these deals are going to get done. Let's just borrow a little bit of money and then we'll pay it off a little bit over time. So I, I think that's probably what will happen is that the cap will go up not quite as dramatically as people are expecting it to. But if you're signing somebody to a five-year deal, over the life of that deal, you're going to get the, the TV money kicking in to support some of that stuff. So you see some of that too, I think, where people say, we can do deals into the future because sooner or later, it, it may not, the money not, may not all get there this year, but by two, three years from now, it'll all be there and we'll be, we'll be just fine. You mentioned the uh, high-priced quarterback. I believe today is Friday, third day of the league year, March 19th, 2021. I believe his uh, 2022 
$45 million contract becomes fully guaranteed this afternoon. Happy Kirk Cousins $45 million guarantee to those who celebrate today. Um, what you know uh, who celebrates that? Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk and Cousins probably and his family. Probably Mike McCartney. <laughs> yeah, um, so that's that's happening and that was that was never really in doubt i imagine but what 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 uh what does that signify if anything well it it effectively signifies the whatever chatter and we've talked about it i I never really thought there was much to it but whatever chatter there is about him leaving this year probably gets rendered a, a moot point after today now you can always do you can you can tear up a contract at any time it this is like any contract you have in any line of business in the world, if, if both sides decide we want to tear this up and do something else, you can always do that. That So if they, if they traded him and another team wanted to negotiate something w- with him, they could do that. But the, the thing is both parties have to want to do it. And there is not going to be a lot of incentive for Kirk cousins to say, I'm going to come off of a position where I have $35 million of cash and $45 million against your cap guaranteed unless you do something for me so that has been the thing we've, we've said it but his, the way he's played the quarterback market with his contract is so different than everybody else because he said i don't need the seven-year deal i want a lot of guarantees up front and i will bet on myself and you look at it at the end of this thing if if he plays out this whole guaranteed contract he's essentially going to have had a fully guaranteed contract at an average of 30 million dollars a year um when by his own admission, he's not Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, um, you know, well played. I, I guess yeah. it was a, a, a nice, nice way to to uh, manage the the position. That last last thing for you, Ben. Good stuff. Um, you know, you talked about could they? You know, they still got some holes to address. Do you, you see anything else coming in free agency in the draft? Are we talking minor moves at this point, or what, what do you think? What do you think before the draft, at least? Well, chatting with it. Chatting with some people about it yesterday, the sense I've gotten is that right now they can only really do minor moves because they just don't have the money at the moment. They, this Rudolph thing makes it so they don't have a lot of flexibility right now. Once that hits in June, they'll be fine. But if they want to do other things, and I, I think they do, you first have to clear some more money. So I would keep an eye on Harrison Smith for Ext- a possible contract. Yes, okay. contract extension that would – reward him uh still a guy that they very highly value and then you could push some of that money a couple of years into the future i don't think you do a five-year deal because he's already 32 years old but you could drop his cap number for this year with an extension so i would keep an eye on that i would keep an eye on daniel hunter um there's obviously quite a bit of uh, a higher temperature around that situation and they would have to figure out exactly what they want to do in terms of if they, I, cause I've heard he wants to be paid like Joey Bosa, which is $27 million a year. Do you want to go to that point when he's coming off a neck injury? I don't know if, if they will decide that. I mean, he's certainly worth it when he's healthy, but they'll have to decide that. But the point being for this conversation, if you decide to do that, I was playing with the numbers the other day, there are ways to do that and still lower his cap number for this year. Believe it or not, uh, the, the wizardry of, Rob Brzezinski and a front office that will pay the cash to make these things happen, which is a very big part of it is how this all works. So I would keep an eye on those two things. Um, maybe with a slight eye on Mike Hughes, I, I think he's expecting to be back in Minnesota, but they'd get a million dollars or so if they cut him. So that would be one to keep an eye on it a little bit as well, but 
the, the extensions now, I think, are going to be their best way to clear money if they want to do anything else in free agency uh, that is of any significance. Good stuff, Ben. I'm sure we'll talk soon for Access Vikings. Enjoyed you on Daily Delivery today, and uh, we'll, we'll see what else unfolds uh, in the next few days. Yeah, there's uh, there's never a dull moment, especially when they're in this stage of things. There's there's lots of maneuvers to, to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Enjoyed talking with Ben, as I always do. Kind of wonder if they're going to address the offensive line at some point, don't you? Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, like we said, his uh, fully guaranteed a 2022 contract, $45 million, makes it difficult. But it also makes you uh, incentivized to uh, maybe protect your investment. Still need a, another tackle, maybe another guard. Hey, maybe a backup center or, you know, something like something along those lines. They, they could use a lot of help along the offensive line. Maybe those moves get made later in free agency, you know, after the, after the Kyle Rudolph money gets available. But a lot to do still there, and we'll see how that all, we'll see how that all plays out because offensive line remains a big, big question. Happy to be joined right now on Daily Delivery by Bob Timmons, works on the outdoor section, um, Star Tribune. They have a special section on Friday's paper. Bob and I go way back. He was a page designer when I first started doing the page two in the 15 years ago, uh, the inside cover of the, the sports section. So I've worked with Bob and really enjoy the transition he's made to, to, to the work he does in the outdoor section. Really cool section Friday, just really getting into some interesting aspects of the outdoors. So Bob, uh, welcome to Daily Delivery. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Great to be with you as always. Um, so let's let's get let's get into the some of the stuff that that's in this section. And you know, one thing you and I were talking a little bit before the segment started, just about you know during this last year during the pandemic, as people have sought outdoor spaces in particular because you know the science has told us those are safer spaces to be. There, there's just it's a it's it's been proven you you're much more less likely to get the virus outside than you are inside and people have kind of sought out, you know, going for walks, doing, you know, getting more active and, and seeking out outdoor spaces. What's the next step to that as you consider like, you know, getting really deep into, you know, whether it's the woods, wherever you're going deep into nature and not just, you know, going outside for an hour or two, but really, really getting, you know, getting yourself immersed into that. What, what are the benefits? What, what are some of the, what are some of the things that, that we're seeing when people kind of take that next step? That's what we're exploring with this section. It really is um, sort of the balance of, you know, you've been outdoors, uh, maybe you've gone to the Boundary Waters or Isle Royale or any number of beautiful, you know, wilderness spaces. What's it mean to take, um, to do something longer, you know, and, and the way I kind of think about it is, you know, driving deeper into the woods. Also, you're driving deeper sort of into your heart and mind, um, the benefits of being Outdoors, so we sort of explore that science, that sort of nature fix, um, social science that's been out there about the benefits, you know, uh, the mind and body benefits of being outdoors. Whether it's something shorter, or a walk, or a run, or hitting the park with the children, but what does it mean to do something longer and um, really separate? And we also offer ideas about that too, in terms of. Um, and we use the, you know, the bound, a trip into the boundary waters with some, you know, utility suggestions on what you might do. But there, you know, there's a lot of real evidence that these longer trips, um, longer endeavors in the outdoors really, um, after a few days, you know, four or five days, there's sort of a sweet spot where a lot of that executive thinking and, uh, you know, what's going on back home and, uh, th you know, things 
things of the thinking world sort of shut down and you really get into sort of an intuitive flow, you know, to equate it to like sports ran ball, like we always talk about with ant being in the flow or, you know, whomever there's a flow state outdoors. And that's, that's what we're getting into with this section. And we've also got, you know, we talked to readers who experience some of that too and reflect on uh, that sort of peace that you can really get uh, on a next level. That's cool. And I'm sure that's something people can, you know, not just getting outside right now, but but finding that kind of calm or peace, probably particularly important right now as people kind of grapple with some of, you know, just the mental fatigue that has probably gone into this last year and, and kind of processing all of that, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I hope um, we're spinning it a little more forward in terms of uh, reflect on what you've done, you know, what you've been doing. And these day-to-day things have have a lot of value. The simplicity of, you know, if you and I leave this podcast and walk outdoors and just uh, get some air and slow down, there's huge value in that, but there's even a deeper value in, um, in making time um, longer trips outdoors. I mean, there's, we talked to some outfitters who said years ago, many people would go up to the boundaries, for instance, and uh, it was a seven day trip, eight day trip. And those were really commonplace. And what they're finding now, and this makes sense in our modern world, where we always feel like what's next on the list, next on the list, they're finding they're getting a lot more requests for three day trips, or even one day, hey, can I come up and just paddle for a day and come out? You know, that that speaks to our culture, I think, you know, how, how can I do something immediate and get on to the next thing? And so our, our section is really more about slowing down and sort of that modest simplicity, I guess, and what that can do for you. As more people kind of explore that too, I imagine there's a push-pull in a couple of ways. I imagine, you know, people have to learn what it means to kind of respect the outdoors for, for what they are. What, what, what do we find as more people are outside and, and how does that dynamic get explored in this section? Yeah. Yeah. We raise, we raise that topic, you know, beyond just the, uh, you know, the fun <laughs> personal sense of being mm-hmm. out there for extended periods, but how do you create, I mean, we certainly write stories all the time about conservation and protecting these Minnesota natural resources, you know, whether it's, you know, the lakes, the forests, you know, on and on and on. Well, the way you build that appreciation for anything is to spend time, real time, intentional time. If we want people to recognize the importance of natural resources, the wilderness in our society, you know, and not treat it as sort of um, like a playground all the time. And, but how do I really protect this and preserve this? You've got to spend the time out there. So we do explore that just, just how it's important. As important as it is for mind and body, it's also important uh, from an awareness standpoint, like an environmental awareness standpoint. One thing that strikes me, and you know, again, we were talking about this a little bit before we before we jumped on the podcast, is even as more and more people, you know, in the last year have have found benefit in the outdoors and in you know seeking out these outdoor spaces, we are, you know, particularly in in the younger generations, and I'm even guilty of this, even though, even though I get outside a lot, we're we're on screens all the time, we're indoors a, a lot because that's a lot of where things are happening right now. And that was even, you know, pre pre pandemic, how do we kind of reconcile those kind of long-term trends of, of fewer people, you know, being active in, in that way? And how do we encourage them to, to, you know, to, to keep, to maintain this and, and to keep seeking out these outdoor spaces, even as indoor spaces take over our lives again? 
there's a lot of people in conservation, a lot of people at the DNR who are having those same sorts of discussions. This is why you've got to have Wi-Fi, you know, at certain state parks. You've got to beef up, you know, you've got to produce camper cabins. Uh, you've got to set up the framework. I think, I think people, I'm generalizing here, but they're realizing we've got to come up with a new, new, new method, a new form to sort of meet people where they are. And that means, you know, accommodating social media. It, you know, the DNR does many of their campaigns in terms of like, you know, hiking lists and trail clubs and things are driven through social media. They know that's where people are. And hey, you can use your phone out on the trail and geocache and and get badges for hitting, you know, Millax and or you know, hitting certain places. So um, yeah, that's sort of to your point of I think uh I think there's agencies, there's people grappling with that, that they, you know, they're they need to uh I don't know if it's compromising. I guess it is compromising in a way, but coming up with new ways, um, even in terms of licensing, I think of uh, there's been a lot of discussion uh, among people about why don't we have a, a sort of one-stop shop where I could get to a lake and there's a kiosk there where I can get a fishing license just to hit Calhoun or or, or place on the Mississippi River. Why do I need to go through, you know, the process of getting an annual pass? I mean, those sorts of things too, you know, so sort of accommodating the culture, I guess. Um, yeah, and, the, and those, I think those sorts of discussions about retention and um, meeting, meeting communities as we trend younger as a state and more people of color who don't inherently see themselves outdoors for cultural reasons, they don't feel it's safe historically um it's been a place of uh of fear and so forth so there's a lot there's a lot going on there you know as we change as a as a state demographically last thing for you i, w- I would ask you how you what do, what do you think of all that how how would you advise or maybe from personal experience how do you like to experience these settings do you feel like this sort of if compromise is the word do you feel like the kind of meeting people where they are is 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 a positive step a necessary step or do you feel like you know people should be willing to kind of you know turn the phone off for a little while and and, and experience these things maybe a little bit more intentionally uh, than than maybe you would if you just kind of ducking in and ducking out yeah that's a great question because um it is a balanced thing i mean i and it's hard not to be judgmental if you're used to being outdoors all this all the time and you're seeing cars overflowing at Afton, you know, crazy day use, 140% higher year to date from 2019. And these people, they don't know anything, you know, it's easy to judge, you know, everybody's new out there. Um, They're not abiding by sort of ethical, leave no trace sorts of things that that is a tough, that's a tough nut. That's a tough, but I I do think it's, it's part of um, understanding. I think it's important to make everyone feel welcome in the outdoors and not be so judgmental. And that's a hard thing to fight when you see some of this behavior or what you feel like is reckless behavior. Say you're, you were gonna, you had a week, how, how would you want to experience uh, the boundary water or something like that? Would you, how, how disconnected would you want to be to get optimal outdoor, you know, mind body balance benefits? Yeah, I do think, you know, the way some of these outfitters, even in our coverage that's coming, talk about there's sort of a, again, you know, to use the idea of sweet spot uh, being five or six days, because that first day you're, you're planning, do everything lined up? You know, we have our gear, get the camps. Oh, we got the campsite. Okay. Okay. We can set up everything up. But, you know, then you get into day two and day three and you're, you know, um, 
a lot of that sort of hard executive sort of stuff sort of falls by the wayside and you kind of find, you know, it's been anecdotally and otherwise, you, you kind of find this balance and this sort of intuition and this feeling of sort of oneness with nature, not to go too woo woo, but kind of like, you know what, maybe this is the real world and not the world back there with my phone and obligations and zoom meetings. And, you know, and um, you're really, you know, that stuff will all be there when you get back. Right. So really allow yourself to disconnect, you know, things of consequence will return, but it's it's important too. I think, I think a lot of people who do these longer trips come out uh, with a new appreciation of the outdoors. Like we've talked about a new appreciation of themselves, what they're capable of their skills, They've built something, you know, and just, I think people can really get caught up in, well, I don't have the knowledge or the gear. Well, there's a ton of resources. There's things we write about. There's websites, Facebook groups, on and on and on. You people are more than willing to share a lot of that and, uh, and want to, they want to help people. They want to help new, new people get involved. So. I would even give people a free pass to not listen to daily delivery for a few days if it meant they were disconnecting <laughs> from uh from from the from the grind. Um, no, Bob Timmons, great yeah. stuff. F- find this section, um, Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. Everything's online, of course, these days too. Um, but really enjoyed that, Bob. Appreciate it. Appreciate those perspectives, and we'll uh, we'll circle back with you and, and Dennis Anderson. You guys do such great work uh, as you uh, as you produce more of these bigger stories. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Ramball. Appreciate it. Let's end with the cooler. Was Thursday night a statement game by the Colorado Avalanche? 55 shots on goal. They smoke the Wild 5-1. to one. Was that a back-to-reality game for the Wild? I don't know. It's 1-56 of 56 this year. You don't like to draw too many conclusions from one game. But Saturday's rematch in Colorado suddenly carries, carries a little bit more importance, right? Because if the Wild wants to, you know, be a real contender like they look like they are this season, they need to bounce back from that game. They need to show at least a better effort. They don't necessarily have to win, but they need to play much better than that and show that they are not the kind of team that's just going to get steamrolled two times in a row by a really competitive division rival. That'll do it for today and this week. Take Bob Timmons' advice. Get outdoors. It's supposed to be really nice today, really nice Saturday. Spend some time outside. Really, uh, you know, unplug. Go, go explore nature and uh, and have you know have 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 an opportunity to recharge. It will make a big difference in your day and in your life. We'll be back at this Monday. Lots of good stuff next week. Enjoy your weekend for daily delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Thanks for listening.